0: This is Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song-by-song podcast, episode 089, All Over the World. that song all about
1: all over the world is the fourth song on side two of xanadu in the january 21st 2016 rolling stone article elo's jeff lynn my life in 15 songs jeff said
0: i wrote half the songs in the film though i've never seen the thing it was supposed to be really bad but I'm really pleased with the music. The song never lets up, and it's very catchy and optimistic. I don't think I'll ever see the movie after reading the reviews. I took it because I thought, well, I like Olivia Newton-John. She's great. It would be nice to meet her.
1: The French lyrics, C'est la vie, avez beaucoup de, de thé, translates to, Such is life, so have a bit of tea. In the November 2018 book, Wendley or Bust, Jeff wrote,
0: The lyrics are just nice names to sing. Paris, Rio, and Amsterdam. And then finishing the list with Shard End is funny because it's just a little housing estate in Birmingham. I like silly stuff occasionally.
1: In fact, Shard End is where Jeff Lynne was born and lived as a child. In the December 2011 biography, Patterns in this Chaos, David Scott Morgan wrote... He
0: was in the middle of recording the music for the film Xanadu at the time and while I was out there, I got to help out on the demo for the song All Over the World. It was just exhilarating, watching the process of making a record at that level. Jeff and Richard worked so hard at it, going over the song time and again, making small changes, patiently listening for that time when it sits right and doesn't make you lose equilibrium. You know fall off your stool.
1: In the movie, the song plays over an 80s montage of Kira and Sonny taking Danny clothes shopping to update his look for the Xanadu club opening. In the September 17, 1980 issue of Newsweek, John Lennon said,
0: I love commercial music. I like pop records. I like Olivia Newton-John singing magic and Donna Summer singing whatever the hell it is she'll be singing. I like the ELO singing all over the world. I just enjoy it. That's the kind of music I like to hear.
1: All Over the World was used in the 2011 Simon Pegg-Nick Frost movie, Paul.
0: For $1,000 cash,
2: do you think you could locate those cities on this map? Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson.
0: And I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
2: And I paid for Around the World.
0: Did you get to see Shard End? It's beautiful there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Of course, this song is called All Over the World. I know exactly what song we're doing. And I remember buying the single at a thrift store called Family Thrift in Glendale, Arizona, back in probably about 1983, probably. More like it was, Mom, I got some more 45s I want to buy. Yeah, and my parents starting to think about how much space was left. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to hear what ELO sounded like. hmm And... This was a good introduction to them. In fact, it was the only ELO single I had sitting around in my collection for quite a long time until I got Telephone Line and a bunch of other stuff. This actually almost made me want to see the movie Xanadu. Keep in mind, (laughs) I was probably about 11 or 12. Luckily, I never made that mistake. (laughs) And even though I'll probably end up having to see it soon. But... It's a nice little celebration song. I mean, I know it's a bit on the contrived side and everything, and I think Jeff Lynne is very aware of what he's doing because who in the world is going to throw in a housing project in Birmingham? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, just a fun song to listen to and sing along with and unfortunately do flash mobs too because I've seen that on YouTube, some bunch of people dancing to it about six years ago or so. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's one of those songs where, uh, you I mean, yeah, you could pick it apart and nitpick it and everything about how it was aimed at being a hit and everything, but why? (laughs) It's an actual good song. It makes you feel happy when you're listening to it, even if there is a bit too much gating on those drums at the beginning. That's about the only musical thing on there that I have a problem with. But otherwise, yeah, it's always been one of my favorite ELO songs and... puts a smile on my face listening to it.
0: Well, that's good. As for me, we've hit that song on the album. This was the first ELO single I bought in probably August 1980, maybe July. So I heard it a lot. And I was 11 years old. So I listened to Top 40 Radio, where I also heard it a lot. So I heard it a lot. And at some point, it just came to be eh, all over the world. So it's a song that I never really look forward to listening to? And then it starts, and it hits, and it's like, oh, hey, wait, there was a reason why I bought this single and listened to it a lot, and why it got a lot of airplay. It is a freaking fun song. It's great fun to listen to. It's perky, it's upbeat, yeah, it's a happy la-la song, but so freaking what? What's wrong with having a fun little happy song here? I mean, especially after following Don't Walk Away, that's a That's a downer of a song, beautiful that it is, but it's fun. I like it. I even like the drums. I like that nice little break in the middle, where it's, it's, for my ears, I have to remind myself that those are strings plucking, and not ukuleles. Which, you know, would predate George getting Jeff into ukuleles, but it would have been funny to have a A chorus of ukuleles playing that if done right and not done in a a tiny tim style it's a great song and i think it's a hoot that jeff throws in shard and it's like me writing a song about all these fantastic big famous awesome world cities and and at the end i throw in deer valley (laughs) which is a suburb not
2: even really a city just a neighborhood
0: just a suburb of north phoenix yeah or i throw in guadalupe (laughs) that'd be good too that would make people think what because i always
2: where's guadalupe i I think i want to visit guadalupe nah you don't
0: really want to (laughs) um because up until like i started doing research for this song i thought he was saying and again like all right we've traveled around the world and again let's do it all over again
2: and uh we get once again to andrew whiteside
0: who Andrew Whiteside. I'm sorry, I, I don't know this Andrew Whiteside person. <laughs> Does not ring a bell as if maybe I've tried to block some jackass out of my world.
2: Now, for those of you who think that us two hillbillies <laughs> do nothing but bash ELO all the time, <laughs> yeah, I don't like a lot of stuff out of Out of the Blue, but I like probably about 90, 85 to 90% of everything that ELO has done in their career. However, I never wrote a fanzine for the band. I never contributed to a fanzine for the band. And I just cannot understand still how somebody can hate at least 50% of a band that they seem to really be a fan of.
0: Yeah, I've stopped including Andrew Whiteside in the song facts, unless he's got something good to say about the song. Because... I just got tired of listening to him slam ELO, I, I, I don't know, so that he can feel like he's hipper than thou or something. I don't know what his big beef is. I don't know if maybe he was there to provide an alternate viewpoint, because if there's a fanzine, obviously it's being written by fans and read by fans, so maybe to keep the fanzine from seeming too gushing over ELO, they got this curmudgeon-y, cranky fusspot who could write and said, here, listen to ELO, tell us how much you hate them so that we have some sort yes. of balance in the force.
2: I'd swear he was a writer for uh, Rolling Stone. <laughs> See,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been looking yeah. ahead a little bit for some of the stuff in time, and yeah, was seeing some of that stuff. that I, mm, We'll save it for those podcasts. For people like me who just glossed over Andrew Whiteside, wh- what did he say about all over the world?
2: He called it lifeless, a derivative, and an obvious attempt at a hit.
0: First of all, shut the hell up, you idiot. Second of all, yeah, obvious hit, of course. This is for a soundtrack for a pop album. And when you have a sound, or a pop movie, and when you have a soundtrack for a movie that's rock-based... The people who make this movie, they're going to want every song to be hit-worthy, chart-worthy. An excellent chance of making the top 40 to keep people aware of the movie, no matter how much it bombs, and to, gener- exactly. to generate more hits, to sell more albums, sell more singles. I know there are people that uh, movies art form, but for the people who run the movie studios, this is money, and that's what they're in it for. So... If they're going to dump a bucket of money at big-name stars like Olivia Newton-John and Gene Kelly and ELO, they're going to want to make sure they're going to get their bucket of money back. Especially if the movie tanks, money can still be brought in by the soundtrack. So, yeah, Adoy, just about every song is going to be top 40 worthy. Whenever you go away from me, not so much. Because it's kind of a mid-tempo big band kind of thing, which goes with the movie.
1: Whenever you're away from me Wherever you go You're never far away from me
0: But for the rest of it, especially the ELO stuff, yeah, you're not going to get a swing song out of ELO. You know what you're hiring ELO for. ELO knows what they're being hired for for Xanadu. So... Give us the hits, monkey boy.
2: And if you're complaining about something being an obvious radio hit, well, there could be so, so much worse (laughs) than all over the world. In fact, all over the world, I would say, is an example of how you can have a good song and have a hit out of it as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Again, Andrew Whiteside, I'd say shut your freaking pie hole, but you already opened it 25 years ago, so there's nothing I can do about it now. You donkey! Got something to say about all over the world? Then call the telephone line voicemail.
3: 6238503375 Call now.
0: Was it a hit or was it All Over the World was the third ELO single released from Xanadu. In the United Kingdom, it came out on August 2, 1980, with the Discovery track Midnight Blue as the B-side and reached number 11. Along with the standard 7-inch single, there was also a 10-inch pressing on blue vinyl. It was released in July 1980 in the United States with Drum Dreams as the B-side. It hit number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 16 on Billboard's Adult Contemporary Chart, 14 on Cashbox, and number 8 on Record World. It finished as The 100th most popular song of 1980 on Cashbox's year end chart. In Australia, it got to number 78, number 25 in Germany, number 25 in Belgium, number 16 in Canada, it hit number 12 in Ireland, number 11 in the Dutch top 40, and number 10 on the Netherlands top 100 singles. The song was covered by The Music Machine in 1980, Street Power also in 1980, Jack Livingston Orchestra and Singers on their album A Tribute to ELO in the early 1980s. La Sound, Donny Osman during live performances in the early 80s, David Lass, Klaus Wunderlich Orchestra in 1989, Lisi Kkoiksen in 2002, Hermes House Band in 2004, the Broadway cast of Xanadu in 2007, and Graham Boulevard on their album Hard Rock 80s Volume 1 in 2009. It was sampled by Kiyaki in 1997 for the song Madness, Diskuszu Strugi featuring Hemp Gru, Zip, Sklod, and Lot. Hell are these names? In 2006 for the song "Prosto" and Wiz Khalifa in 2010 for his song "The World." It's time for a great line from
3: ELO from this week's song. What's my
1: line? London, London Hamburg, Hamburg, Paris, Rome, Rome Rio, Hong, Hong Kong, Tokyo, L.A., New York, Amsterdam, Monte Carlo, Shoreditch. <laughs>
3: And now for a thought from Troy You know, All Over the World is one of my favorite ELO songs And I would like to talk to you about its place in the movie soundtrack. I always thought that the producers really missed a great opportunity for this song. Now I don't remember the scene too much where the song was used. I remember Gene Kelly trying on a tuxedo at some clothing boutique and that's all I remember. And I always thought that song was wasted. Instead, picture this. I think they should have had a big red carpet gala the night that Xanadu opened up to the public. And they should have this big red carpet gala outside. And this song starts playing in the soundtrack. And all these limousines pull up. And all these dignitaries get out and go into the club. And then the last limousine pulls up. And ELO get out of a limousine. And they're wearing white tuxedos. And they walk into the Xanadu Club. I always wanted there to be an ELO cameo in this movie, and they probably couldn't afford to do the red carpet scene because of the budget, but I think it would have been so cool, and then you go into the club, and everybody is roller skating and dancing to all over the world, and then when that ends, they can do the Xanadu Hoy during drum dreams and all that. And they probably didn't want to backload the end of the movie with too many songs, but personally, I would have much rather heard All Over the World near the end of the movie instead of Fool Country, an obscure B song by Olivia Newton-John that wasn't even on the soundtrack album, and that everybody's forgotten about. And I do think an ELO cameo would have been so cool, it would have made sitting through the movie that more bearable, not that their music didn't. And by the way, I think there would have been another cool place for an ELO cameo in the movie, and I will talk about that one next week
0: like it hate it what does madeline
1: think i like the song me and my stepdad eric dance to the music wow she liked it taste the music an electric light orchestra song by song podcast is a production of radio trolla entertainment assorted deli meets amalgamated you can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at podcast at gmail.com keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Next week, episode 090, Xanadu.